Welcome to the In Common Podcast. This is Stefan Partolo. Today's commenting episode is focused on topics linked to the upcoming International Association for the Study of the Commons virtual conference on polycentricity. You can find more information about the conference and other IASC events on their website, iasc-commons.org. To discuss content of and related to the conference, I'm speaking with two of the organizers and active participants, Elke Kellner and Andreas Thiel. Elke is a postdoctoral researcher at the Swiss Federal Institute for Forest, Snow, and Landscape Research in Switzerland. Andreas is a professor of international agricultural policy and environmental governance at the University of Kassel in Germany. In the episode, we discuss their own research engaged with polycentricity, what themes of the conference they're most excited about, and what they see as interesting directions for polycentric governance research going forward. This is the In Common Podcast. Welcome, Elke and Andreas, to the podcast. We'll start by giving a short introduction to yourselves, uh, where you work, and what you focus on, um, and then we can go into some questions about the the Polycentricity Conference that's uh, coming up this week. So, Elke, would you like to start? So, my name is Elke Kellner, and I'm currently a postdoctoral researcher at the Swiss Federal Institute for Forest, Snow, and Landscape Research in Zurich, Switzerland, in Europe. And um, my research interests um, are sustainable resource governance, and I'm particularly interested in how to govern trade-off situations in resource governance um, under climate change or global change. So, and currently my case studies are two water energy foot nexus cases in Switzerland. And there I use the network of action situation approach And in the beginning of next year, I will start a Marie Curie Fellowship at the University of Arizona. And I will I plan to develop uh, the network of action situation uh, approach further. And then my case studies are UNESCO World Heritage Sites and like the Grand Canyon, the Yosemite Park in the US and the Aletsch Jungfrau region in Switzerland in the third year. And I want to understand how complex multi-level trade-offs are addressed in such um, yeah, multi-actor, multi-interest governance systems, really complex governance systems, and how they can be transformed uh, to meet emergent 21st uh, century environmental, but also social threats. Wonderful. Will you be moving out to Arizona or will you stay here? No, I will uh, live for two years in Arizona. <laughs> cool, that's very exciting. Well, thank you. Andreas, would you like to introduce yourself and your work? Well, thanks a lot, first of all, for having me here um, with you and to, to be able to do this together with Elke. So I'm a head of section here of International Agricultural Policy and Environmental Governance at the Faculty of Organic Agricultural Sciences at the University of Kassel. And I'm here now for six years. And it's, uh, it's a research group I'm heading with some 10, 11 people, um, a large part of them working on uh, food and water issues, um, well, relations between agricultural systems and, and water management, um, and in various contexts, really many, quite a few on, on the Mediterranean uh, and in, in Africa. Uh, there in, in Ethiopia and in Tanzania and in uh, Zimbabwe. 
And myself, uh, I worked a lot on water uh, in the Mediterranean region as well and biodiversity governance. I'm an economist by training and that still also shows, I think, in my work uh, adopting a new institutional economics perspective in relation to which certainly the Ostrom School is very useful as a hook to mobilize that together with some other uh, theorists from the new institutional economics perspective. And um, I'm interested in, in higher scale systems, if you want to say so. So um, it's not the conventional local collective action, um, but it's rather in a sense, a higher level collective action or self-organization where I think polycentric governance comes in as a handy concept as a, and idea to think, to think about such systems. And now being here at Kassel for five years and being kind of in charge of a section that is to work on agriculture more than I was doing before, before I arrived here. Um, it also emerges that I do think polycentric governance is a very um, good concept to think about food system governance. Um, and to think about this field of research, which obviously cuts across many sectors um, and thinking about that from a polycentric governance perspective. So that is what I'm currently myself engaged in from a kind of thinking through polycentric governance uh, from a food system perspective. Um, and um, at the same time developing this still somewhat half-baked concept um, I find at least half-baked, meaning in other words also, it, I find it inspiring to engage with it because it's still not very consolidated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is it about food systems you think where the polycentric governance approach is useful considering where food systems may have been in the past and where do you think it can really add to yeah, rethinking or restructuring the way the food systems are governed? Well, um, <clears throat> I mean, food system, the food system perspective is, I mean, not new anymore, but it's becoming more and more prevalent uh, in also in poli political spheres nowadays. And it's really about bringing production together with um, value chain governance, together with um, processors, obviously, and consumption and the organization of consumption. Um, and that embedded obviously into kind of uh, the political uh, landscape that shapes these interactions. And so in these systems, which uh, increasingly need to be coordinated because our aspirations and our demands on the food system are very much um, kind of uh, increasing. So we need more steering, if you wanna say so, across the food system to have standards met and quality standards met and to also take care of and sustainability um, dimensions of climate change protection, etc. So um, how can we come to coordination in these systems? That's a question. And I, and I do think that's an important question, polycentric governance as well. And you obviously also have uh, concurrent dynamics of um, competition, collaboration, and hierarchical governance in food systems. Um, so it's just, again, uh, a very um, uh, suggestive, if you want to say so, uh, empirical object to, to think about polycentric governance. And food system analysis as such is, as it says already, more operating at the systems level 
which polycentric governance does as well. But I think we as institutional analysts, we have the, the tools to some extent to go into the political economy of things and to go into the microanalysis of certain interactions, um, which is, I think, what uh, polycentric governance and then connecting it more to also the work from the, per the perspective coming from the IAD, etc., um, this microanalytical perspective where this can be very productive for food system analysis to think about uh, the role of institutions in food systems. Yeah, I saw on the, the banner of the website some of the, the questions that the conference might address. And one of them was, does polycentricity always emerge from the bottom up? And it also made me think of this question that is polycentricity really like a theory or is it just the way that the world is that there's just lots of different people who are influencing by these in different systems, for example, fisheries or in, in broader food systems. And there's always been many different actors. And now we're just more recognizing that that's actually how it is. And this coordination effort becomes more yeah, engaged in or becomes more recognized that that's actually a really important part of it. And I'd be interested if, because you said you, you work at some of the higher levels as well, and not just always at the local or micro level, do you see that polycentricity and coordination in polycentric networks is facilitated more from some bigger actors at the higher levels, or does it come from uh, more community-based organizations from this bottom-up perspective? I think uh, we can observe both ways. And for me, uh, polycentric governance is more an analytical lens to look at the world, let's say. It's not that we can organize it like that or something. So it's more, we can, uh, it helps to understand the systems and uh, it's a, how we can look at the systems and try to understand how it works, but it's really more lens and. Yeah, Elke, how does, cause you're working with this, uh, this concept also of the networks of action situations, which perhaps draws more from the IAD framework or the social ecological systems framework. And how do you see network of action situations being also a, like a polycentric configuration how does your work look at uh, and interpret these networks of action situation would you would you place it in as a polycentristic lens um, do you find that this lens of having networks or polycentricity between action situations adds a lot of value to something we've missed in the past yeah from my perspective the network of action situation approach differs from polycentric governance in that way that in polycentric governance, we focus on the decision-making centers in the governance system and how they are influenced through contextual factors. We analyze the structure and the processes in the governance system. And the network of action situation approach allows to analyze um, yeah, uh, the network of different action situations, so where the name comes from. And uh, the action situations are defined as venues for repeated interaction between two or more actors. So these are not decision-making centers from my perspective, I would say. <laughs> These interactions produce then outcomes and would then affect future interactions within the same or related action situations. So with this approach, um, we are able to understand the underlying causes for a decision in, for example, the focal action situation. And this focal action situation could be, for example, a decision-making center. 
yeah, however, while very promising, I think the approach faces some methodological challenges. First, um, the system structure is only weak defined. Yeah, and depends to some degree on the researcher's perspective. And second, the approach currently lacks sufficient detail to be directly empirically applicable. So as a result, current applications rely on different research protocols that produce empirical data, which are not very suitable for comparative or meta-analysis. And this is something which I want to focus also uh, on in my next project at the University of Arizona. Well, I think, if I may, I think um, the network of adjacent action situations is a, is a kind of, it's a very organic um, extension of the IAD framework that exactly builds the bridge towards analysis of polycentric governance. Um, so, I mean, it's no, it's no miracle, it's no one, not surprising, let's say, uh, that Mike McGuinness was uh, at the origin of that concept. Um, and I don't know, unfortunately, the history and the, the of other core scholars that have similar frames like Mark Lubell as well, uh, as I do uh, Mike's. They have similar, similar ideas. I think they brought them forward at a similar moment in time. But so I see the network of adjacent action situations as extremely useful instrument to, to, to build this connection between analyzing polycentric governance and, and the IAD, which is necessary. I think the governance functions concepts, which is, all, uh, which is also uh, part of network of adjacent action situations, at least in the original publication, I think is also very useful because it points towards the checks and balances, uh, dynamics and polycentric governance, all of which are aspects which don't, are not usually addressed by um, IAD scholarship, let's say, the more local collective action. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I, I think it's just a, a very good language to use there. And obviously the connections between the, the action situations, the kind of interactions there, they are important to address. Um, and again, that goes beyond uh, collaboration and trust relations and showing the complexity of polycentric governance because there we can see more competitive or also hierarchical relations. And I think what, what Elke uh, wanted to refer to also is, a, is an extensive discussion we're having in, in several projects we are engaged with together that I at least interpret as all of our challenge and particularly so in polycentric governance to to, to identify action situations no? and to make these analytical choices um, of where the action situation is and often action situations are embedded into larger action situations potentially. I'm not sure, Elke, if this is referring to the kind of discussions that you were also thinking of that are difficult to communicate, that there is a, there's some, almost some randomness you want, if you want to say. So it needs to be deeply empirically grounded, obviously, how we delineate action situations, but, but there's no clear-cut rule. Um, and that's, that's a problem in a sense, and it emerges particularly in polycentric governance because we look at the interactions between them and we constantly need to make choices how we delineate each one of them, yeah, each action situation. 
Uh, yeah, perhaps that um, the action situations don't need to be decision-making centers, let's say, so we can have further um, or we can integrate into the network um, other action situations uh, which are very important to understand uh, the focal action situations where perhaps the decision was made and then so we can show uh, which um, action situations are um, underlying and what, yeah. So, and that's perhaps uh, one difference. So I want to come back to some of the main themes of the conference that are going to be in there. And I would like to hear, I don't think we have to list them all. I think those who are interested in can go and see on the website, but I would be interested in which ones that you think are particularly interesting or what are some of the themes with around polycentric research um, that's happening out there that you, you're looking forward to um, in this conference? Stefan, can I get back to also a previous question of yours? Absolutely. Um, just quickly and maybe also give Elke the moment to think about this uh, larger question about the conference. I've got the program in front of me on my second screen uh, that helps in fact. It's a very rich set of contents that we're going to be discussing there. Um, but I, I wanted to briefly um, talk about this idea of polycentric governance as a lens or as a theory or everything being polycentric. And, um, and I think um, kind of disentangling this um, landscape around or whatever you want to call it, this, these different understandings of what the concept is about <clears throat> is, is, is very productive, has been very productive for myself. Uh, I didn't find it easy, far from that, in fact. Um, it's not, there has been a lot of writing, obviously, on polycentric governance over the decades, um, but these distinctions haven't been made very clear. And I think that didn't help the advance of the use of the concept. And, and but, but still, it also um, engagement with this complexity made things productive. And I do think, I also started very much with the idea of polycentric governance being a lens, very much grounded in public choice theory and new institutional economics and connecting um, analysis of larger scale systems to the IAD also. Um, but I do think over time and rereading things here and there and talking to people um, that were at the start of this, I think there's an additional element to it, which is what you could say, I think also the normative aspect, the deep normative aspect maybe of the Bloomington School, um, which I think is, is the research interest. So there's a, a set of ins analytical instruments and there's the lens idea um, that we can use to understand uh, a normative interest, which I do think is self-organization in larger scale uh, systems. So to what extent larger scale systems self-organize, who are the important agents there, what are the important dynamics, and to what extent that leads to coordination or failure of coordination, being successful self-organization at, at a larger scale. So I do think this research interest, which has a normative connotation, I do think is also important. Um, but I think people don't see that differently, not least because the dimension of self-organization is not very explicit in the definition itself. It's more in the contextual writing. Okay, would you like to add on to that or touch on the conference themes? Yeah, I can touch on the conference. 
So personally, um, I'm looking forward uh, to different, uh, very interesting panels. And I think one panel is very um, important. Um, th that is the one about methods for understanding complex governance systems, um, because uh, from my experience, um, yeah, this is really important to understand how can we, um, with uh, methods, are um, valuable to use and to understand really these complex systems. And we can learn a lot uh, if we can um, have an exchange um, which uh, methods other researchers use. And then I'm looking forward to my um, panel on practice in polycentric governance uh, or polycentricity in practice. And um, yeah, we want to understand and learn how to practice polycentricity and how to involve participants um, in a polycentric manner. And yeah, how can communities, associations, governments and other organizations work uh, better together? Um, what are principles for uh, practicing uh, polycentric governance? And I think we have a really interesting panel with speakers from the US, France, Portugal, and India. And uh, the case studies are uh, in the Amazon, in uh, Brazil, India, Africa, and the US. And we have different resources also. So surface water, groundwater, land and forest, and the certification of organic um, agriculture. So I think we can learn how to practice polycentricity in these different countries. And yeah, I'm looking forward very much to that. Andreas, is there any particular theme or panel that you're looking, you're looking forward to or you think that'll be particularly interest for, for the field? I think so. Um, well, certainly for myself. Um, and there's great scholars, really, and that will present their work. So, so that'll be... I'm sure inspiring. So, I mean, the, the, the first panel already is clearly at the heart of my interest and also my idea about uh, what matters to polycentric governance. So the idea of emergence and evolution of polycentric governance regimes. Um, because uh, I do think that such an evolutionary uh, perspective on polycentric governance is, is actually at the core of also understanding sustainability of polycentric governance because it will never be statically the same over time but what are the dynamics how come there are productive dynamics um, that lead to representation of interests of large parts of population um, respectively where does this go wrong and there's many instances also not least potentially the covid crisis that shows that polycentric governance may not always be depending on countries uh, in Germany, it didn't go very well to have a polycentric uh, governance of COVID, for example, uh, in the previous phase, I would say. Um, and so where does this go wrong and why? Uh, and so I do think I really look forward to this first, uh, more longer term perspective on polycentric governance regime around evolution. I also really look forward to the second panel, um, equity and inclusion. Uh, very much, uh, I think, um, and, and I, an aspect that is not very, not very much addressed in research, 
that polycentric governance doesn't look at more fundamental political opposition and resistance to what uh, kind of is the is the regularized and the routinized mode of doing things in, in normal politics, let's say. So I like the idea that this will address kind of what I understand is more outside of the system opposition to how things go and how that again triggers potentially change within polycentric governance. Um, so I think um, moderated by Pranita, that will be a fascinating panel as well. And certainly the methods question will be interesting, but um, also uh, given the complexity that we, that we always raise around polycentric governance, um, a complex one. One that really struck my interest, and I heard some things about email uh, before, is the idea of the role of funders uh, in polycentric governance. I like that very much because it's addressing seemingly in a, in a, in a structured manner it's a roundtable discussion where several people work on this, I think, already for a while. Um, the civil society element and, and an element that is just not addressed very much. Uh, so I, I, I like that part because it's, it, it um, and funders uh, enabling emergence of new, uh, new ideas around self-organization. I think that that will be that will be interesting as well. And certainly polycentric water governance. Uh, I think will be great because that's obviously the field where most work or where huge amounts of work have been done already on polycentric governance. So that's where I also expect the most sophisticated, maybe um, advancements in our understanding um, because they have a lot to work uh, to build on already. So, yeah, but there will be surprises, additional surprises. I'm sure that will be fascinating as well. Interesting. One of the other questions that I saw on the banner of the website was, what happens to polycentric governance over time? And I think you mentioned that there, that they're constantly changing, uh, or that's perhaps a feature of them. And I think I think that's that's a lesson also in, when we think about sustainability more generally. That sustainability perhaps is not ever something that will be static. It's there's some there has a continual and adaptive nature to it. And I think the polycentric governance lens, at least from for me, is useful for for seeing how that can play out and how the relationships between these organizations will change over time. The other question there was, how does polycentric governance facilitate learning between these organizations? I, I find that a particularly interesting topic that actually is like transparency and governance mechanisms, transparency and process for how decisions and institutions are created and changed between different uh, stakeholders who are involved in, in managing or, or harvesting a particular resource like water governance. Really like to hear about some of your own research, which I, I believe both of you are in, are doing a review project about polycentric governance. And if you'd like to share any insights or thoughts about this project, what you're looking for. Well, I guess, I mean, what you refer to in terms of learning, I'm sure that will be interesting. It's obviously relating also to the network perspective, I suppose, because I mean, learning and information exchange are um, obviously tightly connected. So it will be interesting, I think, to have this uh, qualitative addition, if you want to say so, to a, a quite large number of network studies uh, in polycentric governance research. So what's actually happening in these connections between people? So is it learning, as you say, or as we hope maybe, or is it um, also 
other kinds of maybe more detrimental dynamics or hierarchical relations at play. So that's something I don't find it in the in the outline as such, but I think that'll be an interesting discussion that we, for example, Elke and Liz Baldwin um, and Mike McGinnis, with whom together we do this literature review currently, uh, that we discussed a lot productivity of the network approach in polycentric governance research and our worry that it may it may miss out on some of the qualities of these relations which are really important to understand the dynamics of polycentric governance systems so i'm i'm we'll see hopefully there will be some advance on that as well so maybe in relation to own research I have currently, I'm, I mean, in a, in a kind of partial food system analysis, I'm looking at the organic farming sector from a polycentric governance lens uh, perspective. And I find that very interesting um, because it, it shows really how, um, how actors and resources are of huge importance um, to facilitate coordination across uh, such a complex system so where these are not in place um, at least that's that's what i find there uh, polycentric governance has a has a has really a problem so it's much resource dependent there and what i also found is that there may be some it's a little bit relating to the idea of equity and inclusion in polycentric governance that those that hold resources um, enabling coordination in polycentric governance may also unleash a kind of exclusionist um, uh, uh, mechanism uh, to who is part of polycentric governance and not. Um, so that, that's, uh, I think, uh, something, for example, for the food system is, um, is, is relevant, really. Um, at least in, in Europe, there's, there's important questions then that also relate to market studies more in general of um, who controls access to, to value chains, for example, and what role um, coordinating standards play, etc. So that's a different realm, really, of polycentric governance research, not so much, well, quite very different from water research, certainly, um, much more related to market, understanding markets and how they function and how they change as a result of this need for greater coordination. But that's just early stages and hope, hoping to write that up at some point soon. Wonderful. Okay, would you like to add on to any of those thoughts or get into some of your own research interests around the topic? Yeah, currently we have a very interesting book project about polycentric governance together with Andreas. In our book chapter, together with Christoph Oberlack, we focus how different modes of coordination, such as cooperation, competition, and conflict, emerge in the face of sustainability trade-offs. So it's a case of polycentric governance processes around a planned hydropower dam in the Trift area. This is in the Swiss Alps. And the results show that the planned Trift reservoir creates sustainability trade-offs and they correspond to diverse actor claims on natural resources. Um, despite this difficult starting point, collective action among a majority of actors with competing claims emerged during a five-year polycentric process. 
And we find that the combination of a participatory process with separate spaces for cooperative knowledge creation and engagement with local people was very useful in building this collective action. And in this study, we conclude that situations of sustainability trade-offs um, present important new directions in the study of collective action and polycentric governance. And we found, we, found um, we thought there was some, some ability really to disentangle this, um, where is cooperation, where is competition? And we thought there may be some um, productivity in really saying, okay, this works better and this works worse. Um, but we found, in that's what we thought in advance, in, in hindsight, it turned out extremely difficult, really. Um, but we, we found the IAD framework to complement really polycentric governance research through the IAD is very productive there, exactly using the, the network of adjacent action situations. Um, and what we also found uh, is that context really matters to, to shaping these dynamics within um, polycentric governance, how competition and hierarchy, hierarchies and cooperation, um, what um, dominates and most of all, also um, how these mechanisms, how they relate to each other in their formal, in the formalized kind of intention and what um, decision centers make out of it in a sense. And I think Elke contributed a, a great case exactly talking about uh, trade-offs and um, how over time uh, long-established fora helped creating uh, consent, well, not consents, but compromises for the case of, of Switzerland and dam building. Thank you guys so much for, for joining for this podcast. Thanks, Stefan. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Stefan. Thanks for tuning in. The In Common Podcast is produced by Michael Cox, Courtney Hammond-Wagner, and myself. We are a partner project of the International Association for the Study of the Commons and the International Journal of the Commons. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on any podcast app or listen on our website, www.incommonpodcast.org. On our website, you will find our link to our blog and our Patreon page where you can make a small donation to help us cover our operating costs. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at InCommonPod.